And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners and welcome to the Buildor We Are Mead podcast and uh, an absolutely enthralling weekend of football, especially across Park Tolchin and of course there was the game in Dunhamore Ashburn on Friday night and as always I'm joined by Davy Respin and Davy, I suppose it went to script for the most part over the weekend, although at a few stages it didn't look like it was going to go to script for a few teams, but they, they pulled it out of the bag in the end. Yeah, there was a few hiccups along the way for certain teams, all right Mickey, Um it was a funny one because I suppose in, there was nearly one game in each which was a little bit one-sided and then the, the other game, the other semi-final rather in each grade was hugely competitive throughout and, you know, ebbed and flowed from start to finish and that. And, um, you know, overall the quality of football that was on show from, I, I would say Friday night, the, the junior game probably lacked a bit of quality if I'm being brutally honest, but it was a thrilling finale and it was a really exciting game throughout. But the games on Saturday and Sunday really were high quality I'd say partly in, in, you know, because of the weather, you know, it was a fantastic week, weekend weather-wise and the pitch and that in Navin was obviously pristine and, you know, made for good football. But I have to say the quality of football show was second to none. Yeah, we've an action-packed uh, We Are Me, Builder We Are Me podcast for you this week with semi-finals, relegation games, we have ladies football, we have uh, Leinster ladies football and of course we'll have our usual, it will be the Instagram interactive and I know you've had plenty of interaction on it again this week Davey, um, again just to reiterate, you've had plenty of interaction on the We Are Mead uh, Instagram, a little bit on your own as well maybe and uh, we might come to that on a different podcast. We'll start off anyway with the results from the weekend and you mentioned it already, the Friday night game, this one in Dunhamore Ashburn at 8pm and it was St Vincent's taking on Dunsany in the Chocolate Terror Junior semi-final. Finished, St Vincent's one goal and seven, Dunsany nine points and that was after 16 minutes of additional time at the end of normal time uh, Davy Rispin. Yeah, it was it was a phenomenal finish to to a game really you could ever wish to see, and it was a game that really lacked a lot of quality. I actually thought that you know this game would probably be one of the games of the weekend, and and sure it was tense and tight throughout, but it I suppose tactically they they absolutely cancelled each other out, and it was it was um, it was just one of those classic examples I suppose when two good teams meet and it just doesn't live up to the hype and. Uh, the ambition which we expected, but St. Vincent's grounded out, Mickey, they really did, and uh, Dunsany had so many chances, not just in normal time, but in that 16-minute uh, injury time window, which you've already alluded to, but they just could not get the ball over the bar, and another nearly year for them, really, um, St. Vincent's took advantage, and you have to say fair play to them for doing that, you know, they got, they did what they had to do, they won 
and they're into the final uh, for the second time in three years. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And, uh, we, you know, it's just an incredible result. We would have had Dinsany down as strong contenders, but uh, St. Vincent's just put, holding them up and putting a stop to their gallop and, and, and winning that one out by the smallest of margins at one point. Interestingly enough, uh, one of our co-commentators on the podcast, Kieran Flynn, uh, made uh, his senior debut for Dunsany on the weekend, but it came at the price of a, a goalkeeping injury um, to the first-choice first goalkeeper. Yeah, it did. Uh, Keane O'Neill, he, he suffered a, a bad collision with the, with the post um, as a result of Tommy Fields' uh, point attempt, which dropped into the back of the net. And I suppose initially it was a mistake from Keane O'Neill. I'm not sure whether he lost it in the floodlights or what, but he ended up you know, cracking his head off the post and it, it was really nasty. And that's probably where a lot of the injury time came from now. He was down for seven or eight minutes. I still don't know where they got the other eight minutes from. But anyway, Flinner came on and uh, I don't think it was his senior debut. I think it was his second appearance because he came on in a, in a junior semi-final oh. Oh, yeah, three years ago. I meant a senior debut this year because he's been away from the football for a while and he was back playing junior yeah. uh, uh, second team football for, for Dunsany. But fair play to him. Um, you know, uh, great great effort he's put in this year and uh, well-deserving of, of the call-up into, into the goals when, that, when their first-choice goalkeeper got that injury. Second of the junior, Chotten-Terrick junior semi-finals took place on Sunday and that was today and it was between Beliver and your own club there, St. Dalton's Davey, uh, your own club coming that up wouldn't proper. Be, that wouldn't be my club, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I'll, just, I'll just stop you there now. <laughs> your near neighbours, let's just say, St. Dalton's yeah. uh, coming up a cropper to a very good Beliver side on a scoreline of 4.17 to 10 points and uh, I suppose this was this was a game that, you know, we said that the Beliver inside forward line were going to be hard to stop and, and it turned out to be that way. Yeah, I, I no real surprise in this one. I expected a comfortable win for Beliver and that's exactly what it was. You know, they, they really made light work of uh, St. Dalton's from start to finish. They were by far the better team. They did play with the, the aid of the breeze in the first half, which, you know, helped them significantly build up that lead. And, and from then on, it was just about game management and keeping the scoreboard ticking. Um, Ulton's offered no resistance to be to it to be honest with you Mickey um, and it was a really disappointing I suppose performance for them I I, I have said it you know several times that I, I felt they were a better team last year but it's just probably the way the draw has gone for them they've ended up in a semi-final this year even though last year's team were probably a better side and Beliver took full advantage and they had a job to do they did it well you know there's no there's there's no um, no hiding away from it, you know. They they won't have taken much from it, Mickey, because like they had a job to do. They did the bet what was in front of them, but they know themselves that there's going to be a much more sterner test coming down the line in two weeks' time when they meet St Vincent's in the final. Yeah, it's going to be a, a cracking final between St Vincent's and uh, uh, Beliver uh, in two weeks' time. We don't have the fixture as yet. For that, but we might have it by the end of the podcast. And uh, again, don't forget to head over to our Loyal Royals uh, podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Me. Davy has a, uh, a mountain of interviews from the junior championship. He has John Rafferty and James McNally from Beliver, and also Brendan McKeown. Um, uh, John Rafferty and James McNally, the managers, and Brendan McKeown, the corner forward. And then on the St. Vincent side, he has 
like uh, he, he must have got the whole team here. So he did. He has Ronan Kearns and Dahi White, the managers, and then he has Tommy Field and Davy Tallon as well. So um, uh, a right good few interviews there for anybody who wants to go over and check out our our, our reviews of the uh, Chottenham Junior semi-finals. Move on now to the Mead Potato Company uh, intermediate semi-finals that took place on the weekend, and the first one that I have down was Trim and Kilmainham. This one was played on Saturday. Uh, four goals and 18 to Trim, one goal and nine to Kilmainham. So, disappointing end to the championship for Kilmainham. We were hoping that they'd be in it with 15 minutes or 10 minutes to go, Davy, but Trim just didn't afford them that luxury. No, Trim were awesome, Mickey. They really were impressive, I have to say. Um you know, right from the start, to be honest with you, Owen O'Connor gold in the first few minutes, and that really set them on their way. And they never looked back. They played against the breeze, which was ever present throughout the weekend, I have to say, uh, blowing down into the hospital end from the town. But they, they made light work of that, and then they just kicked on in the second half with the breeze behind them, you know, and, and kept the scoreboard ticking. Um, I was very impressed with them. I, look, at, I, I think the Kilmainham thing, and I spoke to Declan Black and Navin uh, today, Coming in and, and I was saying, look, it was a fantastic year and the game was a bonus and Kilmainham's year was never going to be judged on yesterday's game against Trim. You know, what they've done in the group stages of the championship this year is nothing short of, of remarkable to me um, and they deserve great credit for it. And I have to say they battled up until the end, but as a few people said to me, Trim are a senior club and <laughs> whether they win the intermediate final or not this year, they're still very capable of being a senior club and challenging in senior football in Mead because they have a, a huge wealth of talent and strength and depth. You know, the players that were bringing on were guys who are household names in Mead club football. And, you know, I think six of them started the intermediate final last year and they can't get their position this year. This is the type of talent that Brendan Murphy has brought through the ranks and trim. Um, and yeah, look at Kilmainham will learn a lot from the year. They'll know exactly where they need to be to get back to that next year. Um, but they enjoyed they enjoyed their little journey throughout the intermediate uh, twenty twenty. Yeah, it was brilliant and just just uh, heartbreaking for them to to go out in, in that manner. Three goals and nine points they lost by. So uh, a, a, a huge victory there for uh, Trim. In the other of the semi-finals, this one a little bit closer, but it was St. Michael's 1-13, Ballinabracky three goals and 13, and those two goals uh, uh, being the difference between the teams, Davy. Yeah, what this this game was, I was going to say it was the pick of the, the games of the weekend, but it was probably second to the, to the last game we've seen, which will come to in a few minutes, but it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant game of football, Mickey, between two really, really good sides. Um, who, who, to be honest with you, just went at it, you know. A, a lot's been made in previous years, which we've often talked about, about Balnebracki being overly defensive. Not a word about it, you know. And um, even though defensively they've been good this year, that sort of went out the window today as well. And it was just a bit of a free-for-all. But, yeah, the, the quality of player that was on show in this intermediate game and the scores that were kicked from both sets of players was, was fantastic. Um, they led by six points twice. And they were pegged back to two on, on several different occasions by St. Michael's, who deserve great credit for their comeback. Actually, they were nine points down St. Michael's approaching half time, and they reduced the deficit to six at half time, and then came out and kicked the first three or four points in the second half with the breeze behind them. And questions were really asked at Balnebracky, but they came out with all the right answers. And, uh, you know, the, 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 I suppose the familiar faces in Quinn, Carroll, Judge, 
um, Juicy O'Connor, players like that. But I have to say the young players as well. Sean Kavna, Barry Thompson, absolutely brilliant. And uh, they've, they've rightfully taken their place and they're going to give us a dream final against Trim in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, what a final that will be. Balnebracki taking on Trim and, uh, you know, there'll be no love lost there either, so there won't. And uh, again, on our Loyal Royals Patreon forward slash we are mead service, um, we will be doing our uh, intermediate review for the weekend and Davey caught up with Gordon McDonnell, the manager of Balnebracki and Chris O'Connor, their player. And uh, he also caught up with the Trim manager, Brendan Murphy and Kieran Joyce, player from Trim as well. So we will be reviewing those semi-finals as well. And just at this stage, I want to just point out as well, we did do all of our predictions for uh, the junior, intermediate, senior, and the relegation from the intermediate and the senior as well. I just wanted to add that in. But so far, on all of the semi-finals, myself and Davey had picked the exact same teams. Um, We both went for Dunsany against St. Vincent's. St. Vincent's came out on top. We both went for Beliver. Beliver won that one against St. Dalton's. We both went for Ballinabracky over St. Michael's and that came true. And also Trim over Kilmainham. We got that one right as well. We're going to move on now to the big one, the race for the Keegan Cup and the Ferry House Steel Senior Championship semi-finals that took place on the weekend. The first one was on Saturday at 5.30 in Park Tolton and it was Rotote taking on Summerhill. Rotote, last year's uh, 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 champions and, and, and reigning champions against last year's beaten finalists so a repeat of the final from last year in the semi-final in Rathout. Davey, they came out and they did their job. 114 to Rathout and one goal and nine to Summerhill. A five-point victory for Rathout and, you know, good value for it too. Good value for it in the end, yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it was almost a carbon copy of their semi-final last year against Kells, um, where they didn't really perform in the first half and, and they felt, found themselves behind at halftime, uh, having played with the breeze in the first half. But second half, their, their fitness, their panel, um, I suppose their class and their quality just told overall, I have to say. Summerhill, whether they ran out of legs, options, I, I don't know what it was or even a bit of luck. But for me, going into this game, and I said it, we said it on the preview going in last week, Summerhill needed to find something. They needed to find a performance. And unfortunately, Despite being ahead at halftime, they still didn't find it. Do you know what I mean? They, they were fortunate probably to be ahead purely because Rototo weren't at that free-flowing best. Brian Farrell switched it up, made a couple of changes. Keith McCabe came on, thought he made a big difference in midfield at halftime. Um, and they pushed on. The young players, Dahi McGowan, Keane Rogers, they got a penalty. That was a big turning point as well. And they never looked back, Mickey. You know, they kicked on and they seen the game out professionally like champions should. And um, Summerhill... To me, it felt, it felt a little bit like the end of an era for, for that brilliant, brilliant team. You know, they've been in the last three finals. But for me, maybe the year, you could, you could probably blame it on that. But they just haven't looked themselves. Even though they won the three games in the group, they have, they've been far from convincing. Um, they're a brilliant team and they're a team that we'll look back on in years to come and say what a team that team was. And they probably should have won a bit more. But um, probably time now to, for a bit of transition and to get some of those minors in and embedded uh, into the setup. Rato kick on, you know, they're a juggernaut, they're going to take a bit of beating, and they are where people expected them to be, I suppose. Yeah, they are indeed, and, uh, you know, reigning champions, and there was a bit of a rumour, I was commentating on uh, the radio today in Cavan, and there was a rumour that the Wallaces were back in with the uh, Rathout uh, squad. Yeah, and they are. Uh, it was their first appearance on a matchday squad, they were at the bottom of the programme, which obviously caught a lot of people's attention and eyes, um, and they were togged out, but they weren't used. Um, 
So you'll, we'll actually hear from Brian Farrell in our Loyal Royals podcast where he, uh, he, he makes comment. I actually asked him what the crack was with the two lads and he gave us a line or two about that. So that's one not to be missed. But they are back and that's the bottom line and, and they're probably there to be picked the next day. Um, yeah. So, what, you know, two, two massive players to have in, in reserve for them. Yeah, absolutely. And with the intercounty uh, uh, season about to start as well, that can only bode well for both Rathoth and, of course, for Mead and Andy McEntee going forward. The second of our Fairy House Steel Senior Championship semi-finals, it was Sunday and it was between Nafina and Gail Column Kill of Kells. And uh, the perennial uh, semi-finalists in Gail Ke- Column Kills, the, the, always the, 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 the bridesmaid and never the bride, They've got over the hoodoo of beating a big team in beating Dumboyne um, in the um, in in the group stages. They've now gone on and beaten uh, won a semi final. That was another hoodoo. So they're into the senior final, and you know, on a scoreline of two goals and fifteen to Nafina's thirteen points. Davy, for long periods, it didn't look like that was going to happen. <laughs> Oh yeah, if ever a scoreline just didn't reflect a game, um, that would be it and that doesn't even go about half telling the story. I suppose they are going to walk down the aisle on county final day but are they going to be the bride or the bridesmaids? We don't know at this stage. Is Um, he going to leave them at the altar, is he? (laughs) (laughs) That depends on Brian Farrell and Ratope but we'll see. Um, Lucas, um, they, they were brilliant. They were absolutely brilliant because they showed so much character um, and they were made they were made go to the well and some by, by a brilliant, brilliant Nafina side who put them to the pin of their collar. Um, Nafina led by three at half time and, and went three up, uh, at, sorry, went six up yeah. at the start of the second half, was, the first three points. I was just going to say, half time score was nine points to six in favour of Nafina. Then on 35 minutes, it was 12 points to six yeah. in favour of Nafina. So double scores. But by the 45, 45th minute, they were level, 1-9 to 12. And Kells go on and win that game by eight points. Yeah, and it, I suppose it turned on a couple of things. Um, one was the exquisite goal that Kells uh, manufactured before that, that water break, which you mentioned, 15 minutes from time. Unbelievable little pass from Liam Ferguson over the defence. It found Martin Barrett, who was absolutely outstanding on the day. And he chips it inside to who else but the one and only Bino Hanlon, who unleashed an absolute rocker with his left foot, an incredible goal. And he didn't have his best of games, but come up the hour, come up the man, and, and Bino stepped up when it mattered. And that put them within a point. Bino kicks a 45 to go in at the water break level, and they never look back. They kicked on after that. Nafina looked dead on their feet. I'm not sure did they run out of juice. Did they put so much into the first 40, 45 minutes? You know that they that they just couldn't kick on. There was one massive moment though, just before the water break, when Nafina overturned Kells. Fionn Riley relinquished possession, and Nafina had a serious overlap. And Paulie Tommy Mess eat the divine with an incredible shoulder and dispossessed him. And that for me was the was the massive turning point. And I have to say, the way Kells finished it were. Just it, it just it was it was refreshing to see and the the support that was there who obviously there was only 100 people, but the noise they generated throughout the game was magnificent. And, you know, who begrudged them, Mickey? They're, they're, you know, beaten in four of the last five semi-finals, and it looked for all the world that it was going to be another one. And, you know, how were they going to go back to Kells tonight having been beaten in yet another semi-final? But that wasn't to be. 
Absolutely, and I'm absolutely delighted for them. But you know, there's a there's a there's a another little stat that the four semi final, the four semi finals, and the quarter final, the last five champions have yeah. knocked Kells out in the knock in the knockout stages. So they have. Yeah. So, so uh, so 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 they've got anybody who's beaten Kells in the knockout stages has gone on to win the senior championship. Mm-hmm. That can still happen. If if, if Ratoad beat them in the final, they've knocked them out and won the final. So it'd be the sixth time that Kells had been beaten by the eventual winners, which is, you know, another, you know, hoodoo that they will have to get over. They've got to the final. They've got over uh, uh, Dumboyne on the way to a semi-final and they've won their semi-final. That's all the hoodoos that they have. They should go on and go out and express themselves in that final. And if they go out and express themselves and Rathold go out and express themselves, it could just be a shootout and it could be an amazing, amazing final. But uh, really looking forward to the Ferry Steel Senior Championship final in two weeks' time, where it's going to be Rathold and Kells meeting each other and uh, a novel pairing for a final, let's just say. Davey, um, in relegation terms on the weekend, sorry, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll come back. Uh, you, we both had predicted Rathoth win and we both had predicted a Gail Column kill win in both of the semi-finals. So we're, we've only one wrong so far in, in, in all our predictions. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You'll benefit from our years of experience. You'll have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 or email us at info at builder.ie. Builder, your local go-to construction company. Um, moving on now to other results from the weekend. The relegation from Intermediate Sauce and Pats. Uh, coming up a cropper against Ballinlock and delighted for Ballinlock on Saturday they got the victory over uh, St. Pat's three goals and six to one ten, fifteen points to thirteen, and and like obviously disappointed for St. Pat's they're going into a relegation final now and but the the year that Ballinlock have had on and off the field I just thought you know. I was just so happy for them, you know, just some bit of joy for them. And I think Susan Farrell put it up among the tweets, at last a bit of luck for the club. Yeah, I, I have to say I was I was just so pleased for them uh, reading the, the result on Saturday evening because, you know, they've been through the mill on and off the pitch this year, Mickey, I think it's fair to say. And um, yeah. they, they had one bite at the cherry already against Oldcastle and they knew they had at most two left to to do it but realistically it was time to do it here and, and now and you know they did that and you know they called on Paderborn from the start and he delivered with 1-1 um, on you know a typically Paderborn-esque performance Harry Ryan as well the youngster who's been performing ever so well for them scored four points too so it, they left it late you know 3-6 is uh, <laughs> it's only nine scores really when you think about it but and they trailed for the vast majority of the game but they finished so strong and, and they caught I, the cots and pats up on the run in, I suppose, uh, to the line. And, you know, it's a big, big win. But for St. Pat's, my God, Mickey, like it's, uh, it's, it's just grim reading. You have to think about it, right? Go back right to the first round, and they were beaten by Alaska the game against St. Michael's over in Waterstown, courtesy of a Kieran Lynch free. And look at the two different directions that the clubs have gone. Michael's obviously getting to the semi final this year, and Pat's ending up in the relegation final and back to back relegations from senior down to junior is, is looming large. It is indeed. And, and, and just on that, the, the scoreline, with 40 minutes gone, St. Pat's were leading nine points to four. 
one goal and six to four points. So they had a five-point lead with 20 minutes to go. Um, but uh, a stunning finish with three goals and two points for Ballinlock saw them over the line. And, uh, of course, St. Pats will have one more bite of the cherry, but it's not going to be easy. Uh, on Sunday, Drumbarra took on Castleton in an absolute thriller of a game of football by the looks of things. And Drumbarra coming out victorious on a scoreline of three goals and 16. That's 25 points. To Castleton's four goals and 10. That's 22 points. So a three-point victory for Drumbarra in this one, Davey. And, you know, what a win for the Drumbarra men. Oh, unreal. Um, I listened to this one because... It was on Drums TV, but you, you couldn't make head nor tail of the stream. So the commentary just had to do. And the commentary was uh, typical, you know, passionate uh, Jabara people behind the camera. And uh, it's great to listen to. And I suppose they were six points down at a number of stages in the first half, courtesy of those two goals for Castletown, who looked comfortable and they looked like they were going to maintain their status with a degree of comfort as well. But... You know, Drumbarra are such a seasoned team when it comes to relegation playoffs. And, you know, they called on some of the old Warriors who've got them out of jail in recent years and the likes of Jimmy Connolly, who, who had an outstanding game, I believe. And they even brought on Noel Corker towards the end to see the game out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they did it so well. I think they, they tagged on the goal and point deep into stoppage time, you know, to, to put a little bit of gloss on it and get the win. But, yeah, look at the... They'll have been disappointed with the way the year panned out purely because of that Bechtov game, you know, because they still will feel that they were robbed in that first round game, which actually put them into the relegation. Had they got a result there, they would have been comfortably safe and Bechtov would have been in the mire. But they embrace it for what it is. They, you know, I'm sure they trained so hard to get the win and um, they stunned Castletown. I mean, and we talked about Pats. Castletown were only a kick of the ball away from being in, in an intermediate final last year. And to knock out the eventual champions in Nobber. And now look at where they are, you know, 12 months later. They're, they're themselves and Pats. You have the intermediate semi-finalists from last year against the senior team from last year. And one of them is going to be playing junior football in 2021. That's astonishing. Yeah, it's a scary prospect as well. And a scary prospect for the junior teams that a, a team of that calibre is going to be in the junior championship next year. Mm. Uh, as well because you know we know the credentials of Castleton as you mentioned being in the semi-final and only losing out and after extra time to the eventual winners Nobber and then uh, like St. Pat's a seasoned uh, team at senior level with some good young footballers come through and if they can get their ship in order if either of them get their ship in order and they and whichever one goes to the junior championship you'd expect them to win it at a canter nearly, so you would. So, uh, and so the winner of this year's junior championship is going to avoid a, a, a bullet, so they are, when, when, when one of those teams goes to the junior championship next year. In the relegation from the Ferry House Senior Championship, there was two games on Friday night. Centristown were taking on Ben Shocklin, and uh, Centristown coming away with a huge victory here, 218 to 2-9. Now, Dunchocklin did it lead early doors, but Centristown just came back into this game and ran out very comfortable winners, Davy. Yeah, I'm really surprised that at the margin of the, the victory, I actually fancied Dunchocklin myself, uh, Mickey. Um, but I one thing I thought was that there'd be no more than a kick of the ball between the sides and nine or ten point defeats. Are, I'm not going to say they're grand in any stages, but they're the last thing you expect in relegation because you think that the teams will be evenly matched and for that to happen to Dunchocklin and them having to face the music of playing a relegation final in a week or two's time uh, is, 
you know, it's tough going. Look, we know that Duggan is away and, and Dan Ormsby and stuff as well. But they still have great quality. You know, they have Mitchell, they have Costello. I know they're young players, but you still have the, the old experience heads like Ray Maloney and Tygo Duchlan and Cuevin King and players like this. They're, they're in real, real trouble now. And Sanchez will be pleased. <laughs> it'll, it'll be more of a relief for Sanchez because the way their year panned out will have, will have been disappointing for them having beaten Nafin in the first round. They ought to have really probably pushed on and maybe challenged again to a semi-final, but just the nature of it, they've ended up in trouble and they, you know, they got out of jail. I think they, they called upon some of the more experienced heads. I think Joe Sheridan returned to the fold again and started and, and had a big bearing on the, the overall outcome. And maybe Sanchestown just had a few more experienced heads than than possibly that younger than Shockland side, but the Chocolate are just going to have to try and get it together again and try and wipe that result out and treat the next game as a final because essentially that's what it is. And, you know, imagine Don Chocolate playing intermediate football. That that would send shockwaves around me, they think. Yeah, it definitely would. And they're going to be facing off against Nobber, who lost out on Saturday uh, uh, to Curaha. Curaha won 11, Nobber 11 points. And uh, Curaha... Not conceding goals this time, and uh, mm. that was the that was the the difference between the sides in the end. Yeah, one eleven to eleven. Yeah, and uh, they, they were clinging on a bit towards the end, Mickey, because I think they led by five or six for the vast majority of the game, and Nobber came back at them in the last few minutes and reduced the deficit to three, but probably just ran out of time a little bit. Um, I think James McEntee was supposed to be brilliant in this game, you know, both from play and and from play as balls as well. Uh, I think seven points out of Curaha's tally of one eleven. Um, Interestingly enough, and, and it's just a side piece, I, I spoke to Brian Farrell, obviously, after the Rotoke game, and the two games were on at the same time, and he says, oh, never were bet. I said, yeah, yeah, was following it or whatever. And he said, oh, yeah, they fixed it for the same time as our own game. And I said, yeah, yeah. And what I got from that was that he nearly would have made himself available had the games not been happening at the exact same time. And just from speaking to Larry McIntyre throughout the weekend as well, he said he'd be on the phone to Brian and, and trying to get him you know, prepped and ready to go for this relegation final. He won't obviously walk in, but in a tight game like that, when Nobber were coming back at Curaha, imagine having Brian Farrell to come on for the last 15 or 20 minutes when you have the momentum. And that's mm-hmm. something that I think Sean Carlin would love to have for the relegation final against um, against Unchocklin. Of all the teams, they'll take confidence from that. You know, they were only beaten by three points. There wasn't much in it. Unchocklin were hammered, yeah. you know, against Centerstown. And I can imagine what the two clubs are going to be like this week going down training. Dunchocklin, it'll be all doom and gloom going down Tuesday night. Nobber will be right up for this. They'll they'll work hard for the next couple of weeks. They'll look forward to the game more than more than anything. Because there's going to be no pressure on them again. And they will treat this as a one-off final. We've already seen what they're capable of doing. Um, they're, they're, they are inconsistent. That's the problem with them. But 111 is all they conceded. That represents excellent progress on the con- on the concessions of what they've been letting in in recent times. So, don't write them off. That that should be a fascinating game. Yeah, it definitely will. And, and, and it's going to be a very hard one to call, and especially if Brian Farrell does make himself available. You look at Brian Farrell's uh, scoring rate last year in the Intermediate Championship. His average score was probably about eight or nine points per game because he took frees and was well able to get scores from play. So, you know, I, I think that if he, he had been available against Curaha, you never know, Nobber could have won that game. So if they do have him for the uh, relegation final against Unchocklin, that will be one to watch out for. So just going back to all our predictions uh, again, Davey. So 
um, from the senior, uh, you had picked on Shotland and I had picked Central soon. So and we both picked Curaha over Nobber. And in the intermediate, we already did them. We both, both went for Ballinlock. I went for Drumbarra and you went for Castleton. So when I tallied them up and including the Mead, uh, Mead Potato Company quarterfinal where you picked Ballinabracky to beat Clonna Gale, I got, out of all the results this weekend, I got 9 out of 10. So then I, I got the Clonna Gale Ballinabracky quarterfinals. That's 9 out of, le- out of 11. And you got uh, blah, 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 blah. you got seven of the ten right this week, but you did get the Balnebracky Clonmagale one right. So you're on eight. So as we approach the finals, it is advantage, Mickey. I'm one up as we approach the uh, the finals and the relegation finals as well. So um, there's still a chance for you, Davy. There's still a chance. Yeah, no, I look forward to the final weekend, Mickey. Uh... But I still have plenty of scores from the group stages, obviously, if we need to harp back to that, if I do need an SOS. Oh, no, 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 no. We started this from the knockout stages. So oh, yeah, of course we did. We started this from the knockout stages. So, um, you know, the, 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 the group stages was, was the GA predictions. That was only a bit of crack, so it was. Um, it so it's, it only matters when it gets to knockout stages. Again, <laughs> uh, Davey has interviews from Seamus Madamo and Lar Wall from Kells after their victory over Nafina on our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. He also has Brian McMatten and that interview, that brilliant interview with Brian Farrell, the Rathote manager, after their victory over Summerhill as well. So look out for those uh, podcasts this week. Again, uh, we will also have our Proactive Risk Control Team of the Week going out uh, uh, maybe on Monday evening or Tuesday after we sit down and look through all of the different uh, uh, match, uh, match reports. And uh, Davy, of course, was at every game as well. So we'll just have a check and make sure we have everything right. We'll be picking our proactive risk control player of the weekend and we'll also be picking our proactive uh, top scorer from the weekend as well. And the vouchers, we will make them available for the players at some stage during the week and um, whatever suits them and suits Stephen Baxter of proactive risk control. So moving on now, and uh, we have some results from the ladies football and their Keepak Senior Ladies Championship final took place at 5pm on Saturday. And Davey, we thought this game was in Dunham Rash, but it turned out that it was in Trim, I believe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a double, double header with the Junior D final. And uh, it was Simonstown against Dunboyne. Halftime score was 10 points to 6 in favour of Simonstown. The full-time result was Dunboyne 15 points, Simonstown 10 points, and a disappointing second half for Simonstown Davy, not even getting on the score sheet in the second half. And... Uh, Dunboyne kicking nine points to see them win their senior championship title. Yeah, the the wind was a big factor in this one as well. It was it was probably a factor in a lot of grounds. But as we know, Trim probably along with Dungani are, are two of the most open pitches in uh, in County Mead, and they always are quite significant when there's a breeze. And Simonstown played with the aid of that in the first half and and did it well. You know, defended manfully, I suppose, and um, you know restricted Dunboyne to just. Uh, six points and, you know, managed to get 10 themselves. But probably too reliant on, on maybe Kelsey Nesbitt for scores as well. And that's probably a little bit of a downfall too. I know Kelly Harris got a couple of points too, but they actually did a decent job on Emma Duggan. I think she got seven, but maybe only got three from play. I know she was double marked. I think Katie Bellew was one of the players picking her up and they might have had another one on her as well. Um, 
But Simonstown had massive performances in the first half from the likes of Ashton Casty, Neve Lister, um, you know, obviously Kelsey, as I mentioned, but they just couldn't sustain it. And I'm not sure if they put so much into maybe the first half that they just maybe ran out of gas in the second half, unfortunately. But ultimately, I suppose they relinquished their crown to the up-and-coming side in the county, really, Mickey, you have to say. And they've been brilliant all year. They bet Simonstown already in the group stages of it. So that was probably the real tell for us going into the final. Despite Simonstown going for three in a row, Dunboyne were probably instilled as rightful favourites for the game. And, you know, I'm just looking at the spread of scores. Probably in contrast to maybe Simonstown, you obviously had Emma Duggan with seven. Fiona O'Neill got four points from play as well. Vicky Wall, two. Uh, Alison Jones... Joe's got a point and Michelle Claffey got a point as well so you know Fiona O'Neill has been a brilliant um, score getter for them this year as well as Emma Duggan she probably just doesn't get the, high, the, the headlines that Duggan gets but you know in, in scenarios when your best player is marked somebody else obviously has to step up and we've seen that even in the lads during the weekend that it's vitally important that you have somebody else that's capable of taking on that score and mantle when you know, somebody doesn't perform, i.e. Dunsany and Pierre Fox Friday night, that'd be the best example I could give, for example. Yeah. So, um, you know, full credit to Dunboy and Mickey. They are the up-and-coming side. I've no doubt Simon will be back to challenge them and try and regain their title next year. Um, but two of the classy teams in, in Mead, Mead Ladies football. Yeah, well done to uh, Dunboy Ladies on winning their first senior championship and uh, uh, they will now march on to the Leinster competition. And speaking of Leinster competitions, the Leinster Junior Ladies Championship was taking place um, uh, on Sunday, I think it was, and it was in Dunham, I think it was in Dunham or Ashburn. It was Clon McGill taking on Fina Ladies from Carlow and Clon McGill won this in the scoring of 519 to Fina ladies, six points. So they will march on now to the quarterfinals. So well done to the ladies there in Clonmagale. Um, huge victory for them, Davey. And, uh, you know, great boost going into their quarterfinal, their Leicester quarterfinal. Absolutely, yeah. No, it's a big win. And it's great to see Mead teams, you know, trying to make an impression in Leinster. They've done it in recent years. Navin Amatnes, I suppose, did it to a great degree last year as well. So it's fantastic to see the ambition of, of Mead clubs when they go into the Leinster competitions to, to try and succeed and do well. And that's going to be the tasks facing St. Peter's Dunboyne next, I suppose. You know, they're, they're going to be going into Leinster and it's something that in senior football in Mead, uh, Simonstown have probably come up a cropper against the likes of Fox Rock Cabantilli in recent years as well. So, you know, it'd be brilliant to see Dunboyne make an impression as well as Clannagale, but uh, hats off to both of them. Yeah, we didn't get a result of the uh, Keypack Ladies Junior D final. Um, uh, I looked for, did, did you happen to get it, Davey? I, I don't know the result offhand, but Dunham Rashburn uh, did win that game. Uh, so Tom O'Connor at the helm as well. He had, a, he had a great weekend all round. And his under-16 team actually bet my sister's under-16 team this morning as well. So he's delighted with that. He was playing... He, I think he, he had my sister... Uh, I was going to say Mad Mark, but... Mark and he even had a sweeper and I said I texted him I said Tom you're single-handedly ruining ladies football in this county yeah. by playing sweepers and all sorts um, so he says win at all costs I don't really agree with it but anyway there you go yeah, he, he's ruining the beautiful game. So he is. Uh, the next thing is he'll uh, he'll have three of the forwards dropping back and, uh, and filling holes in the in the, in the defence and and then double marking and sweepers and the whole lot. He'll bring the black death to ladies football and mead. Um, so Tom Tom O'Connor out. That's what we say. Tom O'Connor out. JV, I don't think we have any more results from the weekend. So I think it's on to Instagram. Have you any other results that you that I may have missed? 
No, I don't think there's anything that's striking me, Mickey, at the minute. Uh, I'm just... Um... I'm just going through the Instagram. They're still flooding in, so I think we we better move on to them. And before there's any, there's too many more that come in. Are you ready to start a construction project? Here is five reasons why you should choose Buildor. You come first. Your goal is our goal. You will benefit from our years of experience. You will have a one-stop shop at your doorstep. Your project will be on time and on budget. Call us today on 046 90 11270 or email us at info at builder.ie. Builder, your local go-to construction company. Right, so we're going to go to Instagram Interactive and let's get going, Davey. Okay, McSheen. Uh, so the first one up is from Evan Connor. He is the St. Vincent's goalkeeper uh, who made a great save on Friday night to deny Dunsany. Uh, a certain goal through Shane Walsh I think it was at the time and he said St Vincent's win proven experts and experts I in quotes or brackets wrong once again so I think that's in reference to maybe yourself or myself Mickey I think, I think it is anyway. yeah I think it is Davey um, it's the only result that we got wrong from semi-finals over the weekend so uh, uh, while we mightn't have been an expert on that game we were an expert on every other game <laughs> and we do yeah. apologise we do apologise I think wasn't it St Vincent's last year that kept saying to us to, to back against them because every time we backed against them they won or was it Clan of Gale? Or was it Clan of Gale? It could have been Clan of Gale, but St. Vincent's of the Clan of Gale of 2020, so they are. Sure. Uh, Ross is next in, and he says, Up Trim uh, F. Navin. You know that one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Up Trim F. Navin. That's, that's a good one, actually, because, yeah, yeah, no Navin side in uh, any of the finals. And, of course, Trim beating Simonstown in the uh, Premier Reserve Division 2 final as well. So, um, yeah, uh, that'll be... That'll be drawn on walls all over the all over the world now after the weekend trimmer after having. <laughs> yeah. And in reference to that premier, actually, the next one comes in from Peter Farland. He says Mikey Cullen kept scoreless. Uh, that was the Premier Division One, was it? Division two. He, he Mikey Cullen plays for Trim. Uh, oh. he was playing against Simonstown, so he was obviously kept scoreless. Not sure who was on him. Uh, I'm just wondering. I think I think he could have been could have been corner forward, maybe. For was, was, Pe- was, Peter, was Peter Duffy marking him from the bench? <laughs> no, I, I, don't, I don't know. Did Peter Duffy actually end up getting on in the end? Uh, I think he was the first sub on the programme, though. Um, and I didn't that's even all. get into giving my boots either. So i blame it on that. Yeah, but that's it. Like, he, couldn't, he probably was asked to go onto the field, but told them that he wasn't able to come on without your boots. Um, I'm sure he was going to wear them, Davey. And he hasn't been in touch with us yet as we speak. He probably has another five or ten minutes to do so before we get through the rest of them. So um, Pete's obviously licking his wounds tonight. Um, Peter Brennan is next and he says, Owen O'Connor on fire for trim. 2-1 from play. And I have to say, he was absolutely brilliant um, in that semi-final win over Kilmainham. He's a player that's impressed me already. But, you know, probably has added scoring to his game already. He's usually such a selfless player, direct running. But the two goals he got were really well engineered and top, top finishes. Um, and he's come in and he's, he's been a game changer really for Brendan Murphy's side this year, Mickey. Yeah, Brendan Murphy just uh, pull, pulling out all the stops of that uh, uh, trim side this year. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not leaving all the scoring to Lynchy or to uh, any one player anymore. He's got a great spread of scores and uh, that can only bode well for them if they do win the intermediate and go up into senior. Yeah, absolutely. Ian Birmingham is next and he says, will Andy Mack be calling on Peter Farrell? And Peter Farrell, 
was the goalkeeper, I believe, for Trim uh, in that Premier Final as well. Uh, could have been outfield. He was actually listed as being the sub-goalkeeper for the Trim first team. So I can only assume he played in goals for the Premier side, but he may well have played outfield either. He's, um, he's more of a hurler, but he's obviously gone over to the dark side now. Yeah, uh, he's gone over well. He's come from the dark side. He's seen the light. He's gone from being a hurler <laughs> and now he's a footballer. So, um, you know, um, uh, the religion is working down there. Yeah, Darren Hardon uh, again getting in touch over Danny Quinn and he says Danny Quinn no points since Friday night because of the semi-final and he already sent this one in but whatever Danny Quinn is doing it's clearly working for him and for Balnebracki so whether he's drinking or he's not drinking just keep doing it Danny yeah well that's the thing it seems to be that he, uh, you know uh, uh, Balnebracki are doing well when he doesn't drink so you know, he's going to have to become a teetotaler now so he is yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hazel Kennedy, she's just said, up the Brax. Yup, the Brax, she said. Up the Brax is right. Like a, a phenomenal year. And, you know, uh, it's going to be a very intriguing final. Uh, it's going to be tough to call. I suppose Trim will probably go into the f- final as favourites, but I would not be surprised if Ballon Bracky won that final at all. No, nor would I. Uh, Gav Daly says, we're told for two in a row. Yeah, um... Do you know, I was thinking about this earlier on. I, I, I was like, Kells have to make the final. Kells have to make the final. And, you know, if they, if they, if they perform the way they did for the first half against Nafina, I could see her a total win. But if they can put their last 25 minutes of the second half to, uh, into a mm. full game, I don't think anybody would live with that uh, Kells team. But again, this is going to, the, the, the first half of that game is going to be so crucial. I don't see. Kells going behind by six points to Rathout and, yeah. and coming back at them. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's yeah. going to be a crucial Different crucial. animal. Yeah. Uh, Barney Doyle says, all three, all three trim teams winning again. And this is something that has kind of constantly happened throughout the year. So their junior Ds, their junior Bs, which should be their premier team, obviously, in the, in the final, and their first team, their intermediate side winning all three games. This has been a constant trend throughout the championship and it just speaks volumes for the Trim Club. And you have to remember they have a semi-final of the Hurland Cup next weekend as well. They're and absolutely they're, flying. And let me just check back. They're junior hurlers as well. Um, they're, yeah, they're intermediate uh, hurlers. Yeah, they're, they're, they're also in a, a semi-final. Um, they're taking on more tones in the intermediate like so line, yeah. it's just unbelievable so it is they're absolutely flying over there so, and, and, and they've obviously got the mix of hurling and football right so they're, they're, they have to be delighted with the, what's going on over there yeah for sure Tom O'Connor uh, one uh-huh. of his two questions this week he says has Kieran Brannigan released the fox from his pocket oh dear oh ho, ho. that's uh that's rough now. So it is. Um, uh, is that where he got his inspiration for double marking your sister or, ma- or, or man marking or, or, or girl marking your sister today? <laughs> uh, he might have been. Uh, and he and he was at the Vincent's game actually in in Dunham or Ashburn on Friday evening because I did see him knocking about the place, and uh, he was obviously very impressed with the job Kieran Brannigan did. As were most people, he was absolutely brilliant. He was marking the top scorer in County Mead and he did an outstanding job on him, keeping him scoreless from play. So, uh, you know, fair play to, to Kieran Brannigan and Tom O'Connor for pointing that out. Well, um, Kieran, Bra- yeah. Kieran Brannigan is going to, he's going to need a pair of uh, uh, combat trousers, so he is, for the final against Beliver because he's going to have to put a few of them in his pocket. So he's, he's, one pocket is not going to be enough against Beliver. 
Uh, yeah, that's for sure. All three of them. To be fair, they're three small men, so they might all fit in the one pocket. You know uh, what I mean? Potterton, McKeown, and Gannon could all fit. You know, so possibly there, there might be some leeway there. Um, Tom O'Connor's next one was all about the Junior D win, and that is, of course, in reference to Dunham Ashburn's uh, brilliant Junior D win, which Tom O'Connor was at the helm for on yeah, Saturday afternoon before the senior final. Just to let Tom O'Connor know, we're going to do a full show solely devoted to that Junior D win, so don't worry about that. Uh, just go looking for it on for, uh, uh, Patreon forward slash We Are Mead. We don't know where this podcast is. Um, <laughs> go for it. Uh, there's more Balnebracki ones. They're, they're full of it again this week, and it's just been, uh, it's been a Balnebracki team for the last probably four to six weeks on this podcast. But Mark Kavanagh, uh, said Dean Pluck has no more clean sheet and of course he did concede uh, today his first goal he's let in in Championship 2020 today um, and it was a bullet for Maura Meehan as well but thankfully for the Bracks it didn't stop them or Dean Pluck taking their place in the Intermediate Final Yeah and uh, I'm just thinking you know the, the, the Balnebracki have tried to come through a quarter final a semi-final and they're in the final uh, uh, the, the fact that they're playing games week on week is that going to be uh, uh, you know, is that going to be an incentive going into the final, or is it is the momentum? I mean, going to carry them over the line in that final? But uh, mm. yeah, it's just been interesting. And just after remembering that they've played so many games, Ben Monaghan just followed that up by saying, "Great win for the Brax." And Evan Daly was next in, and he says, "Are Nicky Judge's knees going all the way?" And you'd have to say at this stage they are, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> They're going all the way to Park Dolchin anyway again in two weeks' time for the intermediate final against Trim. And, uh, you know, uh, it'll be an amazing day for uh, uh, for Nicky Judge's knees uh, and for Nicky Judge himself if uh, if Balnebracki were to win that uh, uh, intermediate final. But uh, at this stage, are, are his knees going to be named on the programme from now on as well? Um, yeah, well, I'd like to see a special edition in the programme for Nicky Judge's knees and Tommy Fields' uh, knee bandage. Knee bandage. Well. Yeah, 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 I yeah. think there should be a little supplement, a page each for the junior final and on the intermediate final. Um, and there could be a little bit of a sponsorship opportunity there for Tommy Fields' knee bandage, which it's just that, looks better and better by the week. Yeah, it's, it, it, Tommy Fields' knee bandage is that big that he could definitely get some sort of sponsorship on it and, and, and you could probably see it from, from, from space. Uh, because the knee bandage is that big <laughs> uh, Fionn Smith said Sean Thornton to replace Justy in the senior final for Kells don't know will Justy Carey Lynch have uh, much time for that idea but uh, he, uh, I doubt Justy Carey Lynch will be dropped at this stage <laughs> yeah no I, d- I doubt that myself now and at this stage Justin Carey Lynch has played for Kells senior team for oh nigh on maybe 37 40 years now at this stage so um, it, it, it'd be cruel to take him out of goals going into the senior final. Yeah, I think you were playing in his debut 37 years ago, was it? Yeah, oh yeah, I was I was set to retire, so I was at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sean Brennan says, Johnny Foster's hair, and Johnny Foster is a young man playing with St. Dalton's, and he has a fantastic head of hair, big, uh, big ponytail and locks. And do you know what he looks like? And I've said it in commentary several times, he looks like Tarzan. Um, he just has that cut about him, um, but he is a fantastic head of hair, I have to say. Um, yeah. Well spotted by his good mate, Sean Brennan from Dundry. Well, you're going to go a long way to beat. There's a, there's a young lad playing down in Cavan, and he has a full red head of... Uh, sorry, he's a full mullet on a red head. And I mean, it's the proper, proper mullet, 80s-style mullet. Better than Shane Burns coming halfway down his neck and the whole lot. So um, I want to see a mullet 
for one of the county finals. I wonder if any of the lads out there would be brave enough to wear a mullet. And the one thing about it is, it scares the life out of the player. <laughs> Your market <laughs> so it does. <laughs> uh, next one is from Gavin McFan, and he's, or sorry, from Adam McDonald, and he says, Gavin McFan. Drink, drinking apple juice in Shaw's last night and I can only assume that Gavin McFan was back on the Orchard Thieves last night in Shaw's yeah um, uh, what kind of apple juice was it Bulmer's apple juice was it uh, no or- Orchard Thieves Orchard Thieves uh, uh, apple juice right understandably so and uh, well done to him for getting in there after his substantial meal obviously as well we'll just get that in yeah, two more Balnebracki ones. I think this is it then from them. We still have a few more to get through. But Connor Brannan says, Mup the effing, Mup Brack's F trim. <laughs> and two low parts <laughs> of the, of the Brack. So uh, it, the, the crack has already started for two weeks' time. And of course, that is a South Me derby of sorts. Um, yeah. They will claim it to be because Balnebracki don't have too many close rivals. But that would definitely be one of them, I'd imagine. Um, and the other one came in from another Balnebracki man, Brendan Byrne. I like this one. He says, Pep Gordiola getting the Brax to the uh, final. That, that is class. Gordon McDonald, the Balnebracki uh, manager. I like that one, Mickey. You like it yeah, too. Yeah, I love a good pun, so I love a good pun. That, I'm, I'm stealing that one. I'm stealing that one. Um, brilliant uh, stuff. Stevie, brilliant. Stevie Boy says, Kel Seconds winning 10-1. What a win that is, by the way. Yeah, good win for Kel Seconds there. Uh, 10-1 um, and no goals. So it was 10 points to one. Good win for Cal Celtic there. Interesting scoreline. Daniel Farley says, Adam Muldoon is better than Mick Lyons. He he didn't say that, but do you know the way you could do Adam Muldoon and then do the the dash or whatever, Mick Lyons? Um, Big shout. He came on uh, for Kells in the senior semi-final and I have to say he was absolutely brilliant. He he did a fantastic job. But uh, look at if you're drawing comparisons on Mick Lyons, he mustn't be doing too badly. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, that, that's just ridiculous. Continue on. That's that's a silly comment. So it is. There's nobody in Mead uh, 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 as good as Mick Lyons. There's it's just nobody. There's nobody in the country that would lace Mick Lyons' boots. Good. Go on. Move on to the next one. A very good evening to Robert Purfield, who's got in touch, and he says, "When will we get another Larry McAtee novena for the final?" <laughs> or will we get another Larry McAtee Novita for the final? I'm sure we probably will. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> um, the next one is from uh, our our sponsor, uh, Stephen Baxter, PRC Proactive Risk Control. Um, right. Get in touch with us on Instagram. Uh, good, to, good to hear from Steve. Wait, we'll obviously wait, have the team of the week coming through. When did he get in contact with us? Was it today or was it today, yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can imagine. Go on. <laughs> uh, Mickey Brennan missing a penalty and a rebound in the reserve championship this morning. Um, you haven't said that to me even off air about this, Mickey, yet. Well, it's, you know, I didn't miss the penalty. It was saved. That's not a miss. I didn't kick a wide. Really good save. I, I, I put my laces through it and the goalkeeper got a good save. And then his face happened to stop the ball when I hit the rebound, so it did. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah well, I, I, I actually text Stevie back and I says, look, you know, these things happen. I says, no doubt he kicked a sideline from his own half against the gale force wind. And Stevie <laughs> says, he did attempt a few of them, all right. I will give him that. How successful? Well, that's another story. And um, he, he, he said, yeah, you knew the referee well and you had, uh, you're, you're a good mate of his or something as well. Ah, yeah, no, I, I always get to know the referees. Um, mm. I, I've done it in Mead for years. I've done it in Cavan for years. It's one of my things that I like to do is to make sure I get to know the referee and to help them 
you know, through yeah. the game. You know, like I, I, I'm not, I'm not criticizing them. I'm trying to help them. I'm trying to just make sure that the, you know the next day they go out that they're doing it properly. Yeah, and uh, I won't give you the quote that he's given me, or else the podcast to be shut down and what you apparently said. To him. You'll have to, you'll have, you'll have to, you'll have to send that to me privately, and I can yeah. confirm or deny it. But I have a feeling it was. I'll be confirming it. Yeah, so do I. Uh, Zach Griffin is next, and he says Alex Williams and Sean Cleary drinking Malibu and milk in the Mad Cow. Jesus, I love this kind of stuff. Oh, ah, yes, <laughs> the boys are on board. <laughs> you're setting trends, Davy Rispin. You're setting trends. You're going to ruin a load of good footballers. <laughs> yeah, uh, the the Mad Cow obviously one of the pubs. Sorry, I think the only pub in Kells that is open today. But obviously, uh, Ralph Moore will be open tomorrow, and we obviously wish all the publicans, not just in Kells but everywhere else in Mead, the very best of luck as they open their doors for the first time in in six or seven months. So best of luck to all of them. Um, the last Davy probably three or four weeks. Davey, we, we lost you there, um, so you said the last one? The last one is from the one and only PS Tapes, who's got in touch with his first Instagram interactive for the first time in probably three or four weeks. Yeah. And he says, Davey's Insta on private. What's that about? Can Ooh. ladies still slide into his DMs? <laughs> <laughs> I'd say they can slide into Elon Martin's DMs. Anyway, um... No, I've I've rang PS Tapes um, myself, Davey, to find out what the issue has been that he hasn't been involved with us for the last few weeks. And he's he's had an issue with you, Davey. He said that you have been screening some of his his messages to you. Um, There was one in particular that you didn't read out, and it was about white collar boxing. Do you remember this one? I did read that out. You didn't read it out. He looked back. I did over. read it out. He was asking why. He was asking me why you wouldn't uh, read it out on the podcast. He said, "Who would win in a white collar boxing match? Would it be Davy Rispin or Mickey Brown?" I did call that out. We covered that. <laughs> well, he wants to ask it again. I think. <laughs> no, he wants to ask about my Instagram. And to be honest with you, PS, to answer your question is. The reason I have it on private is because like, my content is just so good that I feel people have to follow me to, to see it and I just don't want any ordinary weirdos going in and seeing my Instagram without having to follow me. So that's why, and to answer his question, no, nobody can slide into my DMs without following me. PS does be sliding into my DMs all the time, by the way, as well. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sure his wife will be delighted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say she's safe enough. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that all our Instagram interactive, Davey? I'm going to do, give one last refresh. And yes, I could confirm that that is all our Instagram interactive yeah, so for this week, Mickey. P- Peter Duffy is licking his wounds um, at the moment after losing the, the Premier Division 2 um, uh, uh, championship final yesterday against Trim, so that's why he hasn't been involved. I did get one from James O'Dwyer from Jelly, but um, he was afraid to send it, so I'll I'll have to say, send it on to you, Davy, in private. It okay. was it was just about Cavan football, so it was, and he was just afraid to send it uh, on because uh, he didn't want us reading it out on the We Are Me podcast. I think that's it for this week, Davy. Anything else that you want to add to the podcast? 
No, that's that's pretty much it for me, Mickey. Um, just watch out for our, obviously our team of the week, which we're really looking forward to bringing to the listeners later on this week. Uh, should be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. And and don't forget as well, um, we, we'll have the player of the week. We'll have the proactive risk control top scorer of the week, the proactive risk control team of the week and proactive risk control player of the week. And we will have on our Loyal Royals podcast on Patreon forward slash we are meet. We've got a multitude of uh, interviews through, through junior championship, intermediate championship and the senior championship. And again, uh, don't forget to support our sponsors. That's Buildor and uh, Proactive Risk Control. And if you do happen to use them, just mention that you heard about them through our podcast. That's it from this week. Don't forget, we are meet. Why? It matters more. <laughs>